I'm Kevin Lore, and you are listening to the Kothatsu Podcast. The Kothatsu Podcast explores the journey of native English speakers working and living in Japan. Guests on the show will explain their own experience as English teachers, culture shock, and lifestyle. Hopefully, this podcast becomes a guide to those who are interested in moving to Japan. But remember, everyone has their own experience. Join us on the Culture Tip Podcast, new episode. Can you hear me fine? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool.、Um, again, the Yodo, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. And again, like, I'm very thankful because、uh, I think around the time you actually was searching for like, podcasts, and、um, Carly ended up finding your comment. And I actually, around that time, I was about to give up on the podcast. So,、um, gladly. You came through, and with all the t- connections that you gave me,、um, it's rolling a little bit, but I'm still pushing myself out of my procrastination level. So, again, Theodore, I, I really appreciate you for doing this and for all the help you have done. Oh, yeah, no worries. I know how difficult it can be,、um, especially when you're、uh, working like, on agent stuff and things like that to、yeah. uh, get people going and things like that, because I've、um, done that myself as well. So, I just,、uh, I just thought,、um, It would be nice to give back, kind of, since I've、uh, been a jet so long ago. Yeah, and that's amazing. That's what you know, jets is all about, too, right? Helping each other out because it is a small, tiny community. I mean, there's our cliques, but then again, those who help others who can,、uh, you know, it's really appreciative that they can. And again,、um, I can't thank you enough. <laughs> so you're going to hear a lot of thank yous from me. So, <laughs> yeah, no、uh, worries. You're welcome.、Yeah. When were you in Jet?、Uh, yeah, it was、um, 2008、uh, to 2010.、Uh-huh. Oh, okay, so that's around three years, right?、Uh, oh, sorry, it was 12. Sorry.、Uh, yeah, oh, okay, I, cut no off, I cut off two years. Sorry, I was there、oh. for four years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just two years just kind of went blank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about that.、Oh, no, yeah. It's all right.、Um, so 2008 to 2012, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yes, yes.、Oh, okay. And where were you placed in Jet?、Uh, Yamagata Prefecture. Yama, Yamagata. And were you, were you in the Inaka or were you like in the city? Oh, well, all of Yamagata is Inaka. I think.、Um, oh, really? Yeah. In Japan,、um, according to, I guess, the Japanese people I speak to and stuff like that, everywhere that is not Tokyo. Izinaka, everywhere that is not Osaka, and I guess Kyoto and probably Kobe and、uh, large places like that,、yeah. is basically、uh, Inaka.、Uh, so, like the population in Tohoku, I think definitely everywhere is Inaka because、um, the largest city is only a million people、um, in Sendai, and every other city after that is、uh, like going to be, I think, less than half the size, apart from、um, uh, further north in Sapporo. That、yeah. definitely couldn't be Inaka because it's like 2 million people or something.、Uh, but、yeah. everywhere else is Inaka. So, yeah, I was. Yeah, that's very interesting.、Um, I never thought of it that way. Well, well being, I'm from in Hokkaido right now. So, it's very interesting to think of it that way. If you're not in Sapporo, you're not in these bigger cities, then of course, everywhere else is Inaka. So, oh, that's、um, very interesting. And, and, and you say Yamagata, right? Yes, that's right.、Uh, the prefecture.、Uh, I was in、um, a place called Yonezawa. And、um, was your town like, specialized in certain things? Because you know, Japan, certain prefectures and certain towns kind of specialize in something. Like, is there anything special within the town when you were, when you were there? Yeah,、um, it's famous for、um, apples, beef, and carp.、Oh. So,、uh, the most famous export is、uh, Yonezawa gyu. So, it's、uh, like a high level of、um, Japanese、uh, beef on the same level as like、uh, Kobe. You go to Kobe and you、oh. get that、um, beef. It's、uh, the same like, level as that. So, it's an A5, you can say? Yeah, it's like,、oh, wow. uh, yeah, top level. It's one of the famous、uh, places. I think there's maybe up to five. I can't remember now that I've left, but Kobe is one of them. Yonezawa is one of the big producers. Yeah. And there's a couple more. And like speaking of like Kobe beef or A5 beef,、uh, A5 wagyu, apparently,、um, well, 
I, you can't just get that at the store. You can get some kind of level of good marble meat at the store here. But then again, yeah, people just don't eat this on a daily here when you're here, right? No, not on a daily basis unless yeah. you're the new ALT. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, for example, uh, when I first started uh, working, um, I had to take the train to work and stuff. So uh, I didn't know. I didn't like uh, start cooking at that time and uh, I didn't really know about making like a lunch or something. And uh, you can't really buy at school because I was a, um, I was a, a prefectural uh, jet for um, high school. Yes. So high uh-huh. school, you don't get lunch. Like I heard um, uh, oh. middle school, I think, and elementary school teachers can get lunch. So what I used to do is, I used to buy what's called ekiben, so I'd buy the bento box from the train station. And unbeknown to me, it's like really expensive. Well, I knew the price, but I didn't really think about it since I was new in Japan. It was like uh, Ichiman for like yeah. one or something. And I'd go to school and I'd be eating it like every day. And then later on, the teacher uh, had a dis- had a, like a talking with them and she said, Oh, everyone thinks you're rich because every day you come to work with the ekibe. I was like, oh yeah, it is expensive, isn't it? Hadn't thought about that. Oh um, wait, so it was about ichiman, you said? Yeah, ichiman is senen. Ichiman, yeah. Um, if you guys don't know, ichiman is about, I mean, I'd say compared to the dollar, it's about a hundred dollars or maybe uh or quid or hundred quid maybe. Yeah, it's yeah. That what? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, so I didn't realize it was so expensive but i had uh i guess i was trying to just put my mindset in i'm in japan now so i don't i didn't used to translate the price of things back to my home currency because i was like okay i'm in japan so it's like uh it's an acceptable percentage of uh what i earn and stuff like that because i didn't spend hugely on other things so yeah. um yeah, I just did that. But I stopped, I stopped doing that, though. After the teacher okay. pointed out that it was expensive, I thought, oh, yeah, I can't do that. It's not sustainable. <laughs> yeah, no, I think a lot of us figure that out when we came. And our, um, what is it? Our our uh, pay is not, I mean, it's 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 better. It's a little bit more than the, um, you can say, the first year teachers or, you know, since some of us has loans or student loans back at home transferring currency right now it's very bad so um yeah yeah so we're trying our best and especially those <laughs> yeah. who are living in like tokyo or osaka with rent that's very expensive i don't know how yeah. they do it but it's tough props to them. yeah definitely. yeah yeah it's uh it's kind of um hard because um when you're in the inaka at least you can kind of save money depending where you live so if you can get into prefectural housing which is like the um the uh, prefecture gives you the housing because they have to supply some for the teachers to make sure they have affordable places to live and yeah. those kind of places are really cheap but they're not um available to the uh people who work for the city boes and things like that so uh if you work for the prefecture you can it used to be like you could get your rent for like Ichiman a month, like a hundred dollars, is possible depending uh, which one you get. Oh wow, I did not know that. Okay, that's that's interesting because because I do know that some jets do get um, teacher housing because they're at the high school for the board of yeah, education. Yeah, that's it. And then some of us who are like either Inaka or in not even for the prefectural, we're just out of school. We either have to find our own place or help or get a like a agency to help us or you know sometimes some boe's like you're on your own so it's it's very Ooh. difficult right yeah so, luckily for me um uh, my uh what is it my town in the yanaka single people a single person's home or, or apartment oh, okay. so so it's a town it's a town owned um apartment so it's, it's oh that's good I mean, it's very interesting because I compare rent with a lot of jets when you meet them, right? You kind of ask, oh, how much do you pay for rent or how much do you um, for this and that? And it's so interesting because mine's like a studio and then some people will have like a three bedroom house and they're paying less than me. I'm like, I think I'm either being scammed or they just they're just not my town is just too poor to pay for (laughs) for some of the rent. (laughs) Well, then again, I think they upgraded the whole building because everything is electronic so everything is electricity not gas anymore so that could be, explains a lot um but yeah but then again it's way much cheaper than tokyo i, I it's a blessing in disguise so i really appreciate that and how was your living situation um 
when you were when you got into Jet? Like, did you actually live on the school? Uh, I think teacher housing is on a school, right? Uh oh, on the in the school? You say yeah. you mean? Oh. Yeah, because uh, like the teacher housing will be at a high school. Ah,、uh, yeah. no, no, it. Ah,、uh, so I'll, I'll explain my experience because、um, yeah, I guess things as you've said before, every situation is different, and probably things work a little bit different in Hokkaido to Yamagata, maybe other prefectures.、Um, yeah,、uh, but what I'm aware of is the、um, prefectural housing that、uh, they provide. It's basically they build apartment blocks, and you live in an apartment. Block、mm. and then、um, for other teachers, if the school has maybe an agreement with someone, like I think you're you're right. There's、uh, people、um, like your situation where the town will have a house and they'd be like, okay, this is the house for the ALT. And some of them are yeah, like big houses, like five bedrooms, four bedrooms, whatever, two floors. That's and,、um, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and.、Um, So what happened、um, in my city is、uh, there was、uh, several of these、uh, um, prefectural apartments, and I lived in one of them.、Um, there are、uh, other people、um, who had、uh, the small houses because they were working for the city of Yonezawa, and、mm. one LT who was also、uh, prefectural, so they could、um, choose to live in one of those apartments. Was actually living. <laughs> In a house, a private house next to the school,、uh, but the problem with that is they were watched by the people who owned it, and not necessarily watched as in they're looking through binoculars. It was like a, a lady who owned it, and all of those ALTs were usually ladies. I don't know if we're going to get to、um, the type of ALTs that get hired,、um, but so all the ALTs that that school usually hired were ladies, and it was、oh, a nice. I see. Yeah, it was a nice lady. I heard. Um, but basically, she's watching. She sees you come, sees you go, things like that. And one of the teachers wasn't really comfortable with that, so they worked hard to get a place in one of the prefectural apartments because it can be difficult. You have to. There has to be a space at the time you're moving, and it has to be when the teachers are moving. You have to do the paperwork herself and things like that. So she got out of there, but then、um, and people were enjoying living there. But then I heard a few ALTs later, somebody moved back to the、um, other apartment where you have less freedom because they had been on jet before and they wanted、uh, an experience where they had somebody, I guess, watching over them. But for me, it was really easy. The Teachers just said, "This is where you're gonna live. This is how much it is." I think I had to sign something, and then every month、uh, I had to pay the rent. But what they did is they、uh, took that from my、uh, salary. I don't know. Actually, I probably paid them, but I get a receipt every month for what I paid. I paid the school, and the school sorted that out. So that was nice and easy. Oh,、uh, okay. Yeah, that, that sounds really easy. It's really smooth when they、uh, figure out a way just for for. Jets to live comfortably and、um, to do things kind of smooth because it could be a like a, a very big drag for those who come in and don't really know what's going on and and within Jet it's very interesting because sometimes some of the BOEs are not trying to、um, not that they don't want to help the Jet but it's like out of their way、um, to help some Jet because when if it's not school related then everything else is just personal and they have to do. Things on their own, like setting up a bank or finding、um, someone to help them go somewhere, right? So yeah, it yeah. depends on your、um, your supervisor. Yeah, because、uh, my my supervisor was great.、Um, she was very helpful, and、um, yeah, when I as soon as I got to Japan, like we went to one supermarket trip and be like, okay, get some essentials, and、uh, help me open my bank account.、Uh, but what I really appreciate、um, from her. Was that she taught me to be independent? She's like, okay,、mm. this is the stuff you've got to do. You've got to do it yourself. And so, but I, I, I kind of am happy to be in a more independent mindset, which can be a downfall, I think, when you go to Japan.、Um, sometimes you just got to let people help you with things and let them do it for you. Yeah.、Uh, but、uh, yeah, she taught me, like you know, this is what you got to do. So business trip forms. These are business trip forms. Every time you go to another school, which I had to do, or if you go、uh, to do judge a speech contest, anything outside of school, but during school hours, you complete this. This is how you do it. Here's an example. Boom. Off on my own. I 
do all that myself. So I was really grateful. So um, uh, sometimes uh, when you come, uh, if you have somebody who's like that and who will help you out, then uh, that really gets you off to a really good start, I think. Yeah, I'm uh, reminiscing now. It's all coming back to oh, me. No, no, but <laughs> no this is have... perfect. This is perfect because um, in our other episode with, uh, I believe, Dr. Uh, Shar. Yes. Uh, yeah, she was just, we were talking about her soft power and nostalgic and nostalgia, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, so this is perfect, I guess. This is this is relating to the other past episode yeah. where you're bringing back some of the memories of what happened. And who knows, you might, you know, by doing this, you might come back, maybe? Um, visit uh, or... I, the reason that I actually was looking for podcasts about uh, Japan is because I did get Natsukashi. I was ah. kind of uh, longing for Japan because I'm trying to plan a trip there uh, this year. So okay. around uh, November or something, October, something okay, like that. Okay. And I just started to get nostalgic. And um, yeah, I think somebody asked me as well, oh, are there any podcasts around? And I was like, oh, I don't know. But then I thought, okay, I want to hear about Jet's experiences. So that's how I got onto this. Um, but in terms of um, uh, teachers, oh, yeah, I was saying, yeah, teachers who are helpful. So my supervisor was helpful. Um, a close friend of mine, their supervisor was less helpful. So uh, you say I lived in a city of, uh, I guess, 100,000 people, roughly. So mm-hmm. even though it's in Naka, you know, there's stuff like the bus comes once every four hours or something. Oh, and yeah. you can get uh, one train every 40 minutes, roughly the local train was 40 minutes. But, um, and there was like two two lines. Uh, but anyway, they were in the proper Inaka. So there was no bus there. If you wanted to go, actually, I, I tell a lie. There, they would have been a, a bus. Yeah, there are buses, but they run like twice a day kind of thing. And their trains was like, there's like three in the morning, like uh, every hour or something. And then in the middle of the day, there's no train. And there's like one express kind of train. And then in the evening, there's two trains. So it's just for commuting. So uh, in his town, uh, his supervisor was less helpful. And it was more the attitude of, you're a burden. Uh, and that was never said, but it seemed that way. So like, uh, they yeah. needed to do their, their driving test or something. Um, cause they couldn't just exchange it. And I guess they made a mistake. And although the teacher was talking on the way there, it's all friendly on the way back after they hadn't passed their test, they were very, uh, quiet, didn't say anything, seemed like a, a negative attitude going on. And then if you watch that over the next few ALTs, similar things happened during uh, work hours and things like that. That supervisor was kind of helpful. But then um, somebody, it's a different ALT now. They had like a, a kind of incident or something they needed help with. It was total accident, no big deal. It was them and another ALT. They had the uh, problem and um, it wasn't anything bad really just simple um like insurance uh, stuff you need to do that that they that we wouldn't necessarily know even if we know decent japanese yeah. and uh as one it was during school hours they were fine but then as soon as the clock hit, i forgot what time it is that we can leave like four o'clock maybe yeah around four o'clock or four thirty, maybe around there yeah yeah it's around that cutoff so as soon as that time came their demeanor changed and they were less happy to help. So it can be a mixed bag on who you get as your supervisor and the attitude that they take. So it's not necessarily that it's your fault as an ALT that you did something wrong. It could just be that, you know what, they don't really have time for uh, for helping. Yeah, because like some teachers have like other duties outside of school, like with clubs or with other, you know, maybe personal life. And um that's where some like people don't know or where some school um uh, don't know that jet aot takes a lot a um a lot of energy or a lot of time sometimes to handle because different countries have different requirements for certain jets right yeah. and um where sometimes some schools would have first like for example there will be a like maybe a school who's new to having ALT, they don't know how to, okay, what kind of forms for tax do they need or what kind of like things do they need for the uh, transferring their or their driver's license to our driver's license in Japan and like opening a bank and, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, um, at, 
it seems like maybe a burden on their part because you know uh at some 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 teachers would actually help or some advisor would help because at the end of the day it's in a way it's part of their job or sometimes um they're just nice enough to help the alt but then again um for others it's like a burden and i feel really bad for those jets who are not getting those help and that's where the bad you can say the bad experience comes and you can go back home and be like oh i had a bad experience in jet because of this and this and this but in jet you know they like to ex- like to express that everybody has a different experience or everybody has a, you know a different experience right depending on where you are because um that rule of you know when everybody gets rotated every year or yeah so yeah, so I I guess that's like one of the hard things about um being in our position. If you don't know who you're uh, what city or what town or the people you're working with. So, it's like a mixture of all like three things that could yeah, be difficult. Exactly. Yeah. Um but yeah, um other than that like um during that time, like how was like you can say um like I remember uh, we talk, I talk a lot about this because like cash, like back home now, like we don't like in America or like, and um, other like modern uh, Western countries, we don't use much of cash, you can say, but around that time was cash like, so like how was digital um, currency and like debit cards? Was that like a thing? Yo, cash is king. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There were no debit cards. When I went to Japan, there weren't even smartphones. Um, Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. It was the first version of Android that was coming out when I went uh, to Japan. And so I had one of the first smartphones there. So, yeah, it's all about cash. But that's good. That's fine. I mean, one of my uh, friends, um, uh, not a jet, a Japanese uh, friend, mm-hmm. like they came to my city, blah, blah, blah. They they had a problem with their car or something, and uh, they needed to replace a tire. But they were like, oh, no, nah, I'll just replace all four. And he pulls out, apparently, according to my other Japanese friend who was with him, he pulls out like a wad of cash. And he's got like, I don't know, over 400,000 yen or something. It was the cost oh of God. what it would be. And he's like, yeah, here you go. Here's the money. Sort it out. So like uh, Japanese people uh, carry cash. And so I did too, because I can't access, I could not access my bank in other parts of uh, Japan because it was the local uh, bank for Yamagata. So, um, yeah, there's a place in Tokyo they have that I didn't know about until, like, later, but there's a branch in Tokyo. I think there probably is going to be one in Osaka. But um, apart from that, if I go to any other prefecture, I can't. I couldn't go to the cash machine, so I just take out the wads of cash I needed if I was ever going anywhere. That's interesting, because, yeah, it's just so bizarre, I think, comparing to the Western culture, right? Um... And, but I think that still happens today, because uh, even though if you have like a debit card, um, I think I remember meeting a friend in Tokyo. He we came at the same time, but he's in um, maybe in somewhere near Nagasaki. But he said he had a local bank and he has a debit card, but it's regional. It's region locked, and I I was just so you can say flabbergasted. I'm like, how can you have a debit card but region locked? Like, yeah, I'm just so confused. And yeah, of course, cash is king. And when I came here, it was just so difficult because I was like, I don't really like to pull out cash. It's just, I don't know. Um, just, I'm not. I mean, I once in a while I would, but then again, you know, I'm still trying to figure out how to uh, get that debit card when I came. But um, thankfully, JP Bank had a debit card. I was okay. able to apply for it, so it was great. Um. But yeah, right now I think Japan is trying to slowly trans um trying to have people to kind of go into digital currency um currency like you know um right now there's something an app called PayPay so it's like a one stop shop place kind of like Cash App ish but it has so much more stuff on there um, mm. they have yeah they have so much more other things here um like they have so many uh, cash payment apps for some reason and NFC kind of payment things too so it kind of just um you know it was a lot of take in when um they have all these kind of technologies but then again they're still using cash so uh, i'm still having culture shock um uh, from time to time too so it's very interesting okay well yeah i mean it's kind of a living in the past considering such a technologically advanced country like you guys still use fax machines at school 
I, I think, well, ALTs we don't, but I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because, um, no, no, it's true, right? Because, like, um, Japan is very interesting because a lot of people, what, you know, when they see Japan or, you know, I don't know if you saw the movie Bullet Train. I, um, when you see it, you kind of, like, people see this, you know, this fast, high speed like bullet train right yeah or the the neon lights behind like all that picture you know all that stuff i'm like that's not really japan i mean if you i mean there's a scene that shinkansen in that movie where there was like no passengers i'm like that is a lie you cannot yeah. find a seat anywhere on that thing so <laughs> um so when you kind of think of japan where when people look at japan they kind of see this high tech like high tech uh, bustling um, big city like Tokyo or Osaka or Kobe but at the end of the day they're still kind of like you can say 10 years behind or they're kind of like living in the past because um, as like like you said like um, you go into like any kind of government office building and it still looks like from the 80s or something and yeah I was always appalled when I came when I um, sat at my desk in the BOE part of City Hall and I looked over to our kacho which is our um, you can say high up manager there. And yeah. I look at the stack of the papers and files around him and, and and there's like this modern flat screen computer on his desk. And I'm like, if you take away that screen and you kind of put like a window XP screen on there, people would believe that this is like in the nineteen eighties or in the nineteen like nineties, <laughs> man. So I was just so appalled. Like it's a mixture of modern and also like a mixture of like from like the close eighties uh, or nineties in japan within these places so yeah i think if you come back you'll be very uh surprised how much it changed as well oh okay okay i will try and see that because i try to um uh talk to people that i've um i used to uh spend time with there before so i'll uh try and see if i can get into a school and see how they're doing yeah yeah um i think um some schools are slow slowly changing as well um i think during the time of pen we came during the time of the pandemic so um i think it was the year it was like 2021 when it came so i think when covid happened they finally just started getting ipads into our school and they started Ooh. using the ipads so the kids been using the ipads but um yeah and then we're uh, going to school from home i remember coming to school and some kids would just be missing i'm like oh they're they must have someone must have gotten back in they're doing zoom through uh from home for class and sometimes if there's like five kids who are infected uh the class will just be canceled kids will be staying at home quarantine but the teachers still have to come in and i'm yeah. just so confused because uh, teachers doesn't get breaks here <laughs> so no no they uh, don't it's just yeah. kind of messed up yeah i mean i guess it's their way of their um the way of living here it, i know it's very different from our from our country yeah it's the, basically it's the culture of uh, Japan. It's not just teachers. It's like uh, yeah. people who work, salarymen, they're called, um, and they work in the office job and they're expected to do long hours. Then after work, they're expected to go to socialize with uh, clients yeah. and they get like higher up in the business and people who work in even regular shops and stuff. I think they're very committed to their jobs as well and they work long hours. So it's a, a Japanese kind of culture thing to work yeah. hard and build up the country um, like after World War II. I'm not saying people weren't uh, hard workers before that, but I think that's when this uh, modern culture we see now was instilled. And, and and like you mentioned right after work they go out and right um during the time did you ever go out with any teachers after work you can go and drink oh, or have any yes sometimes okay. so okay. uh it was a kind of interesting situation for me because i don't think uh like uh, one of the schools that i uh worked at was necessarily so uh friendly that way but uh the um official ones like end of year new year blah 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 i went to those and um i do remember yeah drinking with the teachers uh which was like a lot of fun um but yeah some teachers uh tried to or did get me drunk so that was kind of it was kind of fun yeah. it was kind of okay for me since um i'm kind of a guy i guess and uh, i'd been drinking before anyway because unlike i guess americans um in britain we'd be drinking uh well before 21 so i kind of had a, a grasp on what was going on 
like uh, that's what I kind of wish uh, we kind of had here because um, I think when I came, they had a couple of ceremonies, uh, be, but there was still COVID scare here. Hokkaido still kind of follows oh, some procedures. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't have much of hangouts anymore. And I don't even get um, um, nomi, nomi kais or uh, invites from the schools that I go to. So, because I'm based from the BOE, so I go to like two different schools out of the week. Yeah, that's yeah. a bit harder. Yeah, but yeah. LTs, you can make a relationship with um, people. And like, yeah, I made um, friends with one of the, the teachers because um, uh, I still like. Um, uh, write to him like every in fact there's three or four teachers i still write to like with physical oh, like nice. uh, christmas cards every year and they give me an engagel. and uh one of them um we're, i was at a party and a different teacher he was the one who like uh, got me a bit drunk he likes to drink i guess so he had uh he says oh here drink this and what he did is he put like uh half a uh, one of their cups of uh sochu and then half yeah. of beer so it wasn't like um, a huge like pint glass like you get um, in England or I guess in America. I don't know what it's called. The size. Australia. You're Australian. Is that right? Sorry. No, I, I'm from the US. Yeah. Oh, from the US. Oh, sorry. I see your first no, guest no, no from Australia. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it's all good. So um, it's not like, yeah, in the US you get still get like a big glass of uh, beer. So it's not like a huge one like that. Yeah. Uh, but like the ones you get in Japan for the Nomikais. But anyway, it was half and half, and it's like drink this soju beer. But um, you know what? That stuff like gets you really drunk. Yeah, because soju, uh, soju, soju is from Japan, and soju is from Korea. And Korea. these yeah, yeah. these taste like water, and then somehow it just sneaks around you, and just somehow you're like in a different world later on. So like um, water, you need to get yeah. some of the the hard ones as well. Kopozake uh, as well. Oh, but oh, you're I, right. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Sochu is more like, yeah, because it's very smooth taste. Yes, yeah, yes, but, that's right. Yeah, you can taste like some of them. You can taste Slightly. like the strength. Yeah. But yeah. It, yeah, the texture is very nice and easy to drink. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, he had me He had me drink that and it was fine. But then I think I got really drunk and I, I woke up in another teacher's house. And then uh, he said to me, hey, my wife, she likes you. You said she's beautiful. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't remember this, but uh, yeah, he's a cool guy. We've been uh, friends like all the time. I was in, in uh, school, and we still write to each other. And hopefully, oh, I'm gonna meet him again. In, uh, yeah, that's, a, in that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and like, and uh, you said during this was like in the in Nako or within the city. Uh, I mean, uh, I'll continue to say, even though I lived in a city, it was in Naka, but um, uh, it's because it's only a hundred thousand people and uh, yeah, stuff. Uh, but this was um, the party itself was more in the uh, countryside kind of area. Um, it was in a in another small city, like close by. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I think it's just like me. I'm in a Naka, but about thirty minutes away from the big city next to me, and I will go off and go there just to, you know, enjoy myself and figure out um, the local bars and what's there to do there. Um, but yeah, I, I gotta say it's very expensive after eleven p.m. Um, if you don't get on the bus or the train, you have to take the taxi back, and it oh. could cost you a good, pretty, pretty good penny out of your wallet. No, just stay at the karaoke uh, bar I, all night. I, I I didn't know that until someone recently told me, and I was like, "Wait, oh. there's." I'm like, and then I'm like, "Wait, there's 24 hour karaoke, and then there's something uh, like there's these uh, what is it, uh, um, the internet cafes or the net yeah, cafes? They, and, yeah, that's it. Yeah, there's those two. Yeah, but yeah. Like I didn't know there was one in the area, so I had to just go and look around. I'm like, oh, okay, so I can probably stay there. Um, so maybe, maybe I'll do that next time. Um, but yeah, uh, it was uh, good, but there are some times where, you know, I have to sober up before I find a taxi home. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but with all the great experience that happened, um, were there anything that you struggle with while you're being there in um, Japan? Um, were there difficult times that you kind of just feel like you were homesick or you didn't feel like anything was right? Um, can you explain about that? Or yeah, if, if sure. there's any um well i don't think i was uh homesick really at any point although um i guess you do have like uh times when you know you have to adjust yeah because uh i try to have the mindset well i'm in japan now so 
what can I do here that I enjoy? So I didn't like uh, miss food from home because there are other equivalents. So like I like meat and there's like yakiniku that I could go to. And there's like uh, other different, like um, ramen, started to uh, learn about that and eat that. So that was a positive uh, thing. Um, in terms of uh, setbacks, I guess it's um, it's along the lines of not being able to do things. So like um, I could not really um, operate the uh, bank. Uh, machine very well because when you go there you want to transfer some money or something or you want to do some stuff it's like in Japanese so uh, I had to get um, a teacher to help me and they were really uh, friendly and really helpful and they uh, showed me okay these are the menus this is what you can do and then after that I kind of got it I also had like um, a book uh, about um, uh, being on jet and stuff with some of the kanji and translations which i got from agent actually everyone should i don't know if agent still does books and stuff. Uh, Probably not. was is that is that part of the jet study guide or is it an actual book that was published Nah, it was um an actual book that was uh published i don't know if agent published it or provided it but when you came to tokyo orientation they um often had uh books and like uh we'd sell books for teachers to uh like phonics books or oh. with exercises in them but also there was one that was um a japanese like survival book or something no and not, not that, that i remember because our orientation was very different um because we are the core, we were the COVID um, coming in um, AOT. So we had to quarantine for like about two weeks at a hotel. Every yeah. kind of training had to do online and there was like nobody there to kind of like train us in person. So everything was online. But then again, how the process went on, I was not, you can say the best training. Um, I think it must right now. I think uh, it's back to in person. So that's good. But yeah, it was very different from, I guess from your experience of when coming yeah. into Jet, so okay, yeah, never had um, a book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then um, other stuff that uh, can be problem depends on who you're teaching with. So uh, sometimes um, I would get uh, like uh, I got like quite a few lessons at one time, like in my last year, and by that time I was quite experienced. But then uh, the teacher who became my supervisor then was like, "Oh, you know." Uh, we can't have you come into too many lessons, blah, 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 because it might be too much for you. And I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I've been here for like uh, over three years now. It's fine. You're not asking me to do too much. It's great because before I wouldn't be asked to go to many lessons in uh, that particular school. But now I was getting like three or four a day, which I was I was cool with because it was a good change so there's there's things like that like the amount of uh, lessons you get mm -hmm. um there's like downtime in the summer so instead of uh, uh chilling or something i tried to make a, a program of study for the students because uh, i was lucky that i got a um a lesson where i could teach them whatever i wanted so i made like a textbook and i planned like what i'm going to teach them for each of the lessons for the whole year and did all the research and stuff like that during one, uh, I think it was, would have been my first, uh, uh, April, the April when the teachers change, there's like lots of time then. So it would have been around then. And I planned all that. And that was, uh, that was brilliant. Um, other teachers have, uh, issues where there's that same class. Uh, when we came together for the, uh, mid year, uh, yeah. orientation thing, I think everyone has that. Mm -hmm. and yeah uh, there was one teacher that was like oh the the teachers give me this one lesson and they said i can do anything and i don't know what to do but and everyone else was like that's great that's the only time we have freedom to like be able to express <laughs> ourselves so that could be a difficulty somebody finds i don't know if they are not comfortable but you can do anything in those lessons you can just show them films if you like so uh, i took that as a, an advantage what I probably would have done um, if I had time again is make sure I studied for my own stuff for later. Uh, so that was not necessarily good. Uh, what other? I don't think uh, anything else comes to mind at the moment. Mm. Um, but yeah. You, this was all at uh, high schools, right? You were visiting? Yeah, I only taught oh, at okay. high school. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, because all prefectural jets are high school. Um, for my experience, yeah, a little bit it. different. Yeah, because I have a I have a elementary school. I go twice a week, and then I go to the other second elementary in town, and um, I can't really do my own lessons, unlike the high school te- uh, ALTs like you guys, because um, and for some reason, um, in middle school, we I talk about this a lot of times. It just became serious over time. So there's like. Um, sometimes within lessons, I feel like there's not much you can say fun or some kids are just, it's, it's taking a little bit more serious compared from the last year when they were in an elementary. So, um, yeah, this year I decided why not just, uh, like around lunchtime, um, I think after lunch, they had that little break. I mm-hmm. have a Kiowa with some students, um, oh, cool. right now I'm, yeah, I'm trying to have them come, but then they, uh, some of them are of course trying to have either studying or have being with friends or you know playing in the gym because it's reserved with different um, grade um, students um, but now I, I made these uh, what is it, ice cream point cards if you come here 10 times you can get ice cream from me so it's out of my pocket oh cool so, yeah so and then um, with that you know you mentioned about making your own course I think that might be a good idea uh, maybe I'll have to look into that what should I teach what should I do um but what what did you teach within that course that you had so it was a um the idea of the lesson that i had to um like lead the teaching so i was like i was the lead teacher of course there was another teacher there um all the time the idea was that um they learn about um culture like western culture in that class and i think in high school most high schools probably have that because that's probably what the other teachers that I spoke to um, had as well. So uh, I could just teach anything about um, the culture. And before they had like a book that they used to use. So the teachers are, okay, this is the book we use. We go through a few exercises. I thought it's a bit dry. So uh, what I did is I thought, okay, what do they need to learn about? They need to, or what could they learn about? So they could learn about language. Uh, They need to learn about a few like famous people from our, um, from the Western world and um, a few like uh, inventions and things like that. I need to find that book. I, I tried to find it, but um, I've uh, moved to the States, so I'm not sure where that book is now. And it was like 10 years ago. Uh, oh, but okay. uh, basically there was like uh, modules about uh, some people who were inventors and then there were modules about famous people. So uh, we did things like uh, Winston Churchill before I learned new things about him that I didn't know at the time. And uh, there was people like uh, Malcolm X and uh, Martin Luther King uh, did like music. So what kind of music is uh, famous and why do people play these kind of instruments? And um, one thing I should I might highlight now, I don't know if you're going to talk about it later was when we did the the Malcolm X thing so um uh, because I decided to talk a bit more about him than uh, MLK because I know that sorry Martin Luther King because I know that a lot of people are more familiar with him and he's I have a dream speech so yeah uh, we went through that and um the one of the teachers the teacher I worked with um said oh uh it's good you know that we don't have uh uh, racism or we don't have discrimination in japan and i said but wait <laughs> what about the burakumin or what about the people from korea or people from china who live here i was like just because you as a japanese person don't That's experience right. that it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen so uh that was uh, maybe um interesting for him and maybe also for my students to learn as well yeah that topic is very interesting because you know I, I heard that from other jets or uh, you know other people where Japanese um, people here they uh, like you said if even though you're Japanese it doesn't mean that you know it doesn't happen it does happen it's just it, I guess it's just not in their world in their environment and and you know you can't blame them you know because you know they they are they do have their own thing going on but then again I wish uh, it would be more known but then again. Again, they, they everybody has their own walk of life. So, well, yeah, you can't kind of can't uh, blame them in a way because uh, they're not um, asked to draw attention to that. Um, they're told, you know, everyone in Japan is the same, even though it's uh, clearly not true because people from the Inaka, like Tohoku, people from Hokkaido, are discriminated against, are looked down upon, even though they're 
quote unquote Japanese because there you still have Ainu people. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. to mention yeah, Ainu people are discriminated yeah, right. against. That's right. And yeah, people from Hokkaido are not necessarily looked upon as uh, being Japanese. People from Okinawa, I have heard from Japanese people. Um, not that they're saying that they believe that, but my friends are saying, you know, some people don't believe people from Okinawa are really Japanese. But I'm sure if you went to Okinawa, they say, yeah, I'm Japanese as much as anyone from Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So um, it's because I guess people are told, you know, you're Japanese. It's only Japan Jap- and Japanese people here. Uh, but there are still people from Korea who don't have passports. They are stateless because they're Korean. But their their parents and grandparents were taken to Japan during the war to serve right. the Japanese uh, country, but then they like have no status because it's like, well, you're not Japanese, you're Korean, but Korea won't accept them because, well, they were born in Japan, so like, how are they supposed to take them back? I guess there's no legislation for that. Yeah, so, uh, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, it is tough because Japan, actually Japan is one of the harder countries to, you know, have immigrants here. And um, what is it? I remember seeing a recent article, Japan just passed another law or registration that if refugees, people or applicants who apply like about more than twice, they can be deported back or they can, you know, be in jail or something like that. I have to find the article and and, um, put in the description. Yeah, which is kind of sad. Which Um, it it is. It's more, but I think it's more that it's the the country itself that has these ideas than the people. Um, well, I think it's more of the older older government, the old mindset. I call them the dinosaurs because you know they still have facts missing here. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I then again, you know, it's just interesting how Japan operates. You know, I feel like yeah. Japan is like a ticking time bomb, which is not supposed to. Uh, which is supposed to, you know, explode at any time, but it, it hasn't yet. So it's very interesting how everything rolls around. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, like how it's uh, successful. How did you run the class again? Like, uh, how many oh, students the class, were there? Yeah. yeah. So it was uh, an elective class. Um, so they didn't have to do it. They were there because they wanted to be. But what you'd notice is there were like 15 to 18 students. So that was a smaller class because it was like elective. So not usually above 20. And uh, we would promote it during the, uh, I think it was is it May or June, something like that. They are uh, where students go. You probably know better than I do. Students go from a junior high school to see what kind of high school they want to go to. And they have open days. Yeah. So probably yeah, your right. yeah. It's like open house. uh... Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I would teach um, a class about that during that time. And um, so what I used to do is um, I'd take the the 20 students and um, I would uh, give them the the workbook that I made and be like, okay, this is what we're going to go over over the year. And I guess I'd tell them what each module was about um, in plain English. Because some of them, uh, like three, usually two or three, were really good at English. And you could have a decent conversation with them. There were like two or three or four at the other end who didn't really understand English at all. But they were just there and they needed to pass this um, class. And you saw that reflected in, in the scores as well. Because oh. um, people would get some uh, students would always get above 90%. So I would do, I'd have to do a test because it's a proper class. So, um, I had to make sure, okay, I teach them boom, 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 this, this, this. And then at the end of, uh, I think it was at the end of the module, at the end of each, um, semester or something, I'd give them a test based on what we'd studied. So I'd give them regular tests, um, as the other teachers did and then give them a big test at the end and score that. And so you saw like several students always got like 91%, 98%. Then there were others who um, always got like uh, 60s and 70s. And there were those who were always around the 40% mark. But um, I kind of had to make sure that um, all of the students passed um, overall at the end of the year. Because yeah. um, uh, schools, some schools... And that school um, had like a, a guarantee that we're going to make sure that your student passes. 
And so I couldn't be the person who was so, let's say, let's put in quotations that was so bad at teaching that I couldn't <laughs> teach them because I'm sure that's how it would go down, even though they weren't good at English. So I just had to make sure that um, I, I guess I taught them well, was clear enough. And there were a few questions that were challenging, but um, easy enough that they could still get the score. And yeah, um, every student did get the the forty percent they needed at least. But as I said, some were really high level, some were lower level. So it was basically I'd go through the class, teach them on a on a topic. So it could be about music, and say, okay, these are the artists in uh, some famous artists from America or Britain, and this is where this type of music started out or something. And then ask them questions, and at the end of the year, test again. So it was uh, quite easy. Uh, very friendly um we could play more games and uh, hopefully they enjoyed it um a uh, funny story i don't know if we can depart on another funny story i think oh yeah go for it but, we have um, all the time so i was teaching in a uh, class and um i am uh, i am uh, a black person and while i was walking through the aisles as they were doing their work as teachers do I just heard them talking and I never speak Japanese to my students at all. Mm. Never spoke to them in Japanese, even though I could understand some stuff. And then all I heard was uh, speaking Japanese. Oh, mm, he smells like chocolate. I said, oh, really? <laughs> and then uh, they kept saying, oh, he smells like, oh, yeah, he smells like, yeah. And they were like, honto da? He smells like chocolate. And I was like, I was, so I, I looked at one and said, oh, uh, what are you saying? And they were, oh, nothing, nothing. So like they know, and they were like, yeah, he really does smell like chocolate. So I thought that was kind of funny, uh, but I I was wearing um I use a cocoa butter, so oh, I, did smell, okay. I did smell like chocolate. <laughs> but, okay, but so that, that okay that does kind of explain the old yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was cool. I was like, but I was thinking, okay, they understand that. Okay, maybe uh, we shouldn't tell him he smells like chocolate, but um I know I, I probably kind of did. <laughs> so yeah. that was kind of so cool. okay. Now that that that's does raise some like now the next question is like with um uh what is it i think younger uh kids like this in these countries in the countryside where they don't really get exposed to foreigners like especially with the um the african descent jets and they kind of figure sometimes that what the, the skin tones are different um but there was this uh video of this tiktok of this other uh, i don't know he's a jet or he's a private um a kindergarten teacher but he's an influence on the um on the on the social medias now and mm. i think i made a clip he he kind of told the story how one student came and licked his hand and the student said you're not chocolate and then walked away and and that was just so you know for me it was just like oh so i guess this is in a way this is how some of the um you can say the african descent um foreigners kind of kind of go through that i can't i don't really experience because i am you know have asian descent so i kind of look japanese but then again they don't know that i'm also not japanese so yeah that's yeah that's basically Um, (laughs) yeah i mean there's uh, a couple of um things in that Mm -hmm. um i would say first of all japan is a place that you can go and uh for people who are i guess of european descent uh they can experience what it is. Uh, I, I have to choose the words carefully because not know, but maybe get an understanding of what it can be like to be a minority or labeled as a minority in another country. Because even uh, people I spoke to there who were like uh, white people were saying, you know, when they're getting on the bus and they're sitting down and there's like one space left next to them, people don't sit there for some reason. And uh, I can't remember all the things, but we call them, I guess they call microaggressions yeah, that that's people, correct. yeah, that people in Japan do to them. And they know the only reason could be because I'm not Japanese. So Japan is a place. If you have an open mind, then you can understand how other races and other cultures feel when uh, they are in uh, your country. Um, so that's uh, one thing for them, for, um, Asian people, I thought it was kind of strange from my perspective that one of my friends, um, they would get compliments. Uh, they're Chinese and they would get compliments. Oh, wow, you're so good at using chopsticks. And I said to them, that's funny because didn't you invent that 
and Japanese people took <laughs> exactly, that right. from China or something. I'm like, yeah, so that for me, that's strange, like that you would say that to someone that you know they are Chinese. And you're like, you're good at using chopsticks. I guess it's because they, they're from America. Yeah, so yeah, no, I, ethnicity. I, I, I got the same yeah. question when I came here. And all of my students were looking at me or some um, staff would ask me or like they would try to look at me. Oh, uh, can you use chopsticks? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we, in, in America, we have like Chinese restaurants. We have Vietnamese restaurants. We have like other restaurants that has chopsticks. And and um, even though my descent is not Chinese or Japanese or Korean, you know, somehow um, Asian family was end up having chopsticks for some reason. And, you know, we kind of just end up learning by ourselves. So even though our positions of holding the chopsticks is not correct, but yeah, of course, we kind of knew how to hold chopsticks. So it's just yeah. like interesting how they kind of just ask you those questions um, from. Yeah, of course, like yeah, with that perspective, they do kind of give you more compliments. But sometimes um, in a way, uh, it feels strange to be in API in Japan because um, they kind of at first they kind of treat you nicely. They're like, oh, you might be they might be Japanese. And then later they, ha- they hear how you speak and they know, oh, they're a foreigner. So they kind of yeah. the tone kind of changed, but they're still being polite too. So, but then again, overall, it's still a very good experience of how they experience uh, in Japan being there. Yeah, and it, it wasn't so bad uh, for me either. I thought it was okay. It was no different really from living in uh, England or something. And um, I did have like some students, like apart from um, saying I smell like chocolate, which I kind of did at the time, there was another <laughs> student and uh, I was, uh, was it in the gym or something? Uh, there was like a big gathering for some reason anyway. And then uh, suddenly she starts touching my arm. She's like rubbing it and she's like, black, black, so black. Is it all black? And then uh, one of uh, the team teachers I taught with was like, I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it happens all the I, time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't really blame them for the ignorance because they're just they're very not exposed to, you know, uh, yeah. diversity here. So but um, we ch- we're changing. We're kind of changing that. That's part of the reason that we're there. We're not necessarily teachers. We're cultural exactly. ambassadors. So yeah, exactly. The, yeah, the same thing happened with one of my friend's children when I first went to Japan. So I didn't understand really much, and then uh, it was talking, and then my friend said, "Oh, he said uh, your face is black." But uh, like I think he said, we just explained to him that uh, like I'm from another country. Can't remember what exactly uh, it was now because that was like a long time ago. Uh. I was, oh, okay. So I didn't think anything of it because I mean I've experienced. I think similar things in uh, England when I was young and stuff like that. But then um, years later, so that would be, that would be eight years later, um, I'd uh, left Japan and then I'd come back again. And one of my other friends, a mutual friend of his, he had had kids and then his kids were young and I went to his house. But this time I could understand and the child was saying, oh, yeah, look, his face is black. Oh, he's a, a black person. Oh, he's different from us and things like that. And, uh, um, yeah, we could explain to him, yeah, you know, I'm just from another country. But it was interesting that I could understand at that time and I knew what was going on. So people are, are not, like, uh, closed to new things mm-hmm. and kids can learn. But also kids might find it difficult. So in my in my city, uh, Yonezao, they were, uh, I think at the time I knew all of, I knew of all of the black children that were there because there are some children who have uh, mixed parentage. So one parent mm. is uh, not from Japan and uh, their, uh, their mother, I think it was always the mother in this case is Japanese. And I, I got to know, uh, of all of them. There's only one that I didn't know. Uh, but, um, I think he was in middle school. Because uh, I was in a in a musical, and I was performing, and then I come out on stage, and I'm I think I was uh, this kind of very extroverted character, and I come marching on the stage, and he's like kind of in the front row, and I remember seeing him. He ducks down, he tries to make himself really small in his seat, and then all his friends are laughing at him and pointing at him. Since I was like, oh yeah, I know how you feel, man. Uh, but like I, I saw that, but I continued with the performance. And um, I think I saw him again in a restaurant at some point. 
didn't approach him was with his friends or whatever uh but i saying this to get to my <laughs> real story so um uh the other kids and stuff i met but one of them i uh i knew their uh, mom a bit and then i used to teach the child like i guess some english or something and then they were playing the mother explained they were playing um and then these other kids came up to them who are japanese kind of similar age so the child would have been like three or something at the time and the other children were like four to seven or something and then they went over to her apparently and they were around her and they said oh shall we play with her she looks different she doesn't look like she's japanese and she looks very brown and uh the mother said that it really upset her so she went and she chased the children away because she didn't want her daughter to think there was something wrong with her uh which there is not and so um yeah i think that kind of thing continued to happen while she was in school as well so i think the kids have a tough tough time like and i'm not saying it's just children who look brown there's also chinese children children who are uh, like uh, one parent is chinese one parent is korean or something and the other is japanese teachers allegedly because i haven't heard it myself but from people who speak very good japanese so i guess i believe them if the student does something wrong it's like oh it's because they're chinese or it's because they're korean so um i was lucky that i guess as an adult people don't are not going to say stuff like that to me about uh, me but they do talk that way about kids and children treat other children very poorly as well yeah and like that's that's something that i hope it kind of change over time in the in the future because that i mean even though you know if you don't hear about it, it still happens in some tight knit yeah. communities which you know they don't really have like in their environment here it's not very diverse like uh like in britain or like um in the u.s so they're they just, just kind of just don't understand that part if you don't grow up in that kind of environment then you just you can't really understand it and um i really hope in the future they kind of add in diversity courses to understand in the future um but yeah it, it's a it's something where a lot of people don't um see or notice about japan when they come here or when they before they even they come so yeah right um yeah it's very it's very harsh um it's and i wish to be aware yeah and maybe hopefully um i get to add that as like a part of like a diversity course i'm thinking about doing a diversity course for my uh, junior high school kids um funny enough uh for all those stories i played uh have you heard of this game called uh, one lie and two truth uh no yeah I, I, sorry maybe i maybe i have heard about that or, yeah or, or two truth, oh, and, two a truth and a lie so like um basically for the audience um you kind of it's an icebreaker game where you kind of get to know people and you kind of tell two statements that is true about you but have one lie statement that's not true about you and i played this mm. on the, maybe like the second week of school that began this year and i already know these kids but i told them one of the lie the lie was that um i think the lie was that i am not american and then i think everybody thought um that was the truth and because me looking kind of um you know japanese or kind of have like some kind of japanese features they kind of feel like i am japanese or i am some kind of other race so um they all kind of picked the other answers to be um the truth but of course the the lie was that i i of course i am american <laughs> <laughs> so um <clears throat> that's the thing they just don't understand the difference of also being uh american as a uh a nationality and also being like an ethnicity of being you know you yeah, have heritage so it's a, a bit difficult to explain to them so that's why i'm trying yeah. to figure a um, diversity course for them which reminds me i did try to i think i tried to cover that um because i, I remember now i had uh something in my book that i taught the students for mm -hmm. the elective class about uh native americans i think i i would have uh mentioned that but i'm not sure if i did a a terribly good job but um just trying to uh, like i know like i know more now than i did then so i'm more enlightened i guess as you should be so i could have done a much better job of that now hopefully it gets better um we can't really do much change for the education system we're just the assistant um of course even time when you kind of like challenge to change something there's they don't really like change either but then again you can't just have to roll with it and yeah you got to flow with, with the it. water 
yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> flow like water. Um, but yeah, with the time coming up to an end, uh, Theodore, do you have any tips for um, future inspiring jets or inspiring ALTs or those who kind of want to come to live in Japan? What should they expect? Any words uh, of wisdom? I think when you want to come to Japan, uh, Japan can be great and it can be terrible. Um, often we look at things as being like a, have it like a silver bullet, something that's going to solve everything or something so great. And, uh, what happens is, uh, many people come to Japan and some people, yeah, they do really love it and they go crazy over Japan and Japan is like their whole life and it's like, uh, the best thing ever. But then you also get the other side of that where people start to hate Japan. But I think everyone goes to Japan with the idea that it's amazing and uh, the best thing ever. But you end up in, you can end up in one of those two camps. So I would say just, uh, as much as you can enjoy every experience, do whatever you can, whenever you can. Uh, you may, uh, burn out a bit if you try to do too much, but then just like step back a bit and relax but understand that um japan is a, a country like uh any other and there are good things and there are bad things and just take the good things as much as you can uh, but make sure you acknowledge the negative things doesn't mean that you let it take over your life or let it cloud your judgment but you have to acknowledge that those negative things happen and then you will grow and other people will grow around you that's that's really good of wisdom. I that that's amazing. I wish I could have learned that a year ago, Theodore. Thank you so much for those words. Those are no amazing. Worries. Sometimes yeah. you just have to live it, though. So yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to live it to experience it to understand yeah. what's going on. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um. But then again, you know, uh, again, Theodore, thank you so much for being uh, on the Kototsu podcast today. I really appreciate it. Again, thank you for all your help that you kind of connect me to with the other um xjet as well um but do you have any uh, social media or any projects you'd like to uh plug out there to anyone to know what's going on uh yeah i mean i guess um i'm on instagram um at shibuya genba uh, which i uh i just post some like random pictures of stuff i'm doing in the states or some stories and things like that um i'm on twitter but i think twitter is dying i guess <laughs> uh, uh same name or my name theodore bigby on twitter and um i do i did do some um consulting like uh your i think your second guest was it um yeah i did uh that kind of work in england so um oh, okay. you can probably find me on linkedin if you find me on linkedin uh with my name theodore bigby then uh that's a good place to uh connect as well yeah because i used to do some freelance marketing consulting as well uh so yeah just trying to find my way in a new country again which japan kind of helps you to understand what you're going through what you need to do um so yeah well i'll put you all your contact um you know social medias into the description below with that everybody remember to follow the cultures of podcast on spotify and apple podcast and uh, check us out on tiktok and instagram and of course twitter as well even though it's dying um but yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, i hope you guys enjoyed this episode i surely did thank you again so much Taylor. i really appreciate it oh, you're welcome and, thank you as yeah, well no problem all right everyone at home thank you so much and we'll see you guys next time bye bye Bye.